Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, Minisode, we talk about the Tree of Life. Okay, we do, but we're gonna talk about it from from memory, everybody. So, uh, in the Tree of Life, which on our list comes in at nine comes in at nine on our list uh it is from 2011 and it's directed by terrence malick and is over three hours long which is fine um and in basic plot form the tree of life is about from what i remember Dinosaurs. A dinosaurs. It's not about dinosaurs. Are there dinosaurs? are dinosaurs in it. Dinosaurs. Um, it is about a uh, a man, Sean Penn, looking back upon his childhood and life, mm-hmm. and the actions and consequences of his father and mother, played by Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's probably as basic of a quote-unquote plot summary as you will get for this movie, as there's not a ton of plot to it. Mm-hmm. At least, yeah. Um, uh, and then he dies at the end. And then he dies. Yeah. You know, you live life. Um, the Tree of Life is a movie that I've seen twice, both near 2011. Um, once in theaters, and I personally did not enjoy that experience. And then once at home later, after doing some reading, and really trying to like this movie. Um, just due to time constraints, I did not get back around to watching it again. So that is a little bit of my history with The Tree of Life. What is some of your history with The Tree of Life? I saw it twice in theater, or yeah, twice in theaters, loved it both times. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect movie. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Yeah. I think it's very... I think that... I think that watching the family dynamics is very complicated with this movie because yeah. Brad Pitt is an abusive husband and an abusive father. And it doesn't shy away from continuing to make him an abusive husband and an abusive, abusive father. Um, but it does show the complex relationship that's there between all of the characters. Yeah. And I think that it's, I understand if people don't connect to it because it's very, it can be very hard to watch these relationships and to emotionally connect to something like that. Um, and that's not to say that I think like at the end, we all forgive Brad Pitt's character. But doesn't Sean Penn end up forgiving Brad Pitt's character in some way? They end up seeing each other in, like, death heaven on a beach. Uh-huh. And they connect, but we don't get a lot. We don't, I don't think we get any verbals. We right. don't get, like, I forgive you, father. Well, as much, I mean, the film is never that direct. Mm-hmm. So I think everything you have to read into if you're going to find meaning to the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it might be even, like after Sean Penn has lived his life and has had um, has lived enough life without his father there might be something there might be some form of a forgiveness there just because time has passed and whatnot Um, 
But yeah, it's very, it's very like metaphorical, artsy Terrence Malicky film. Does Sean Penn have Sean Penn, adult Sean Penn? Mm-hmm. Um, the character's name, I think, is Jack. Um, it's played by a less interesting character. His brother, it's Freddy Player One. Ty Sheridan. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> His brother is the one that dies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ty Sheridan. Yes. Um. <coughs> Does Sean Penn have kids in his older age? Do we know? Mm, I don't think so. I don't remember. Because I was going to say, I wonder if it's one of those things where maybe he now being on the other side side of life Mm -hmm. can understand what his father was doing um, and why, I guess, his father's actions were what they were and then therefore find at least some form of, if not forgiveness, forgiveness, acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my, I called this movie tree of really pretentious daddy issues for a long time. Um, as that's what I felt like it was, it, it, that, that what it is and what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, there is for me, part of the thing that is not a connection is I don't mind the non-linear storytelling. I think that's fine, and it's it's a good use of that that form, actually. I don't mind the existential leaps into suns and space and dinosaurs and creation, and, and I guess that all... It, it all logically works and makes sense. I, I guess for me, the value that I can see to it is... Not values, maybe not the right word. What I think that Terrence Malick is trying to present forward is some form, some form of modern parable of Job. Because basically, the story of Tree of Life is Job's story. You're given things, you have, you know, you have love, you have family, you have success, you have things, and then slowly it is taken away from you to test your love of your god or of your father um and this is represented in not only brad pitt's father character but also within like the galactic space and time representations of god because where if i'm remembering right where we kind of cut into the spacey stuff and the creation stuff is right after we find out that ty sheridan has died um, and, and I think that some of this is his really, in some ways, once you kind of put those puzzle pieces together, it becomes a little on the nose in like, now we're going to think about the creation of this person, of, of this earth and of these people. And it becomes this weird religious parable. And I don't, it's not bad that it's a religious parable, but I just, that's, I think, where it personally loses me, is because it it does seem to become less about this idea of dealing with fathers and dealing with actual people, personal connection, and then it becomes about dealing with what you think is the existential answer to religion, life, and how to live in the world. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just don't 
think that it really comes together in a way that makes me want to engage with it. It comes together in an intellectual way that I can see what's happening, but I, yeah, that, I, I think that's some of my struggle with this movie. I guess you just don't see the big picture there, Jill. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I mean, Terrence Malick also has a way about him where he makes everything seem like it's the most important thing ever. Yes. Um, I mean, like, Knight of Cups is like, it's the worst thing ever. (laughs) And his film Song to Song, with every action of Song to Song, it makes Austin, Texas feel like it's the most important place in the entire universe. And I think that Terrence Malick just puts... He does... it. A lot of the things that he does doesn't feel like it has a lot of emotional control to it. It feels like he's making these broad strokes about them. Yeah. And he says, well, everyone should connect because of reasons. Um, but it doesn't seem to actually have the most realistic uh, human interpersonal relationships to anyone. Yeah. And I think that is, to some extent, to some folks, what they really like Mm -hmm. about Malick, Mm -hmm. you know, is that he's not presenting you with straightforward questions and straightforward narratives, and he's asking you to engage on a, a more intellectual level I think my issue with Malik and to be fair I have not seen a ton of his movies I have seen The Tree of Life which I do not like and I've seen um, The Thin Red Line Mm -hmm. which which I saw in high school and I did think was really an interesting and intriguing film And and I'm wondering if that's because I think in some ways he's dealing with some similar questions in both film Mm -hmm. about um, the right way to live life. It almost seems like if he's like, it seems like he's also, he's asking this question of like, are you valued or can you be valued if you live your life with grace, even if you're going to be punished for life? You know, I think that some of those questions are so there. Anyway, there's more of a story to... There's more of something to glom on to for, for me to then with a there. narrative story. Yes, yes. No, yeah. And Tree of Life is a wispy whispers. Yes. And I'm not saying that like there's a right or wrong way to ask these questions. I think he's asking them in two ways. Both with Sean Penn. Both with Sean Penn. Maybe that's... Is Sean Penn your guy? No. <laughs> I think Sean Penn is your guy. No. I think Sean Penn is 50-50 on whether I can tolerate him in a movie or not. Um, I don't think Sean, Sean Penn... Penn is, I don't he a, th- is he a good guy? I, no, I don't think so. But he's not like, a, like we should cancel him. I just think he's like a jerk face. Okay, well, yeah. life could be worse yeah, at this point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just falls into that Ed Norton camp of like, you could treat people better. Like It's interesting. He makes some weird acting... I mean, not weird. He makes some... Acting choices that I'm like, Sean Penn? Well, I, Milk? I was thinking about this movie in um, terms of the rest of the decade. So we've been asking the question of why? Why is this movie so high on the list? Why is it representative? 
Um, and it feels, Tree of Life really feels like an early part of this decade movie because we have Sean Penn still being here and relevant. I don't think Sean Penn's had the best or most relevant decade. I feel like the Tree of Life might be the last. Would you like to know what he's done in this decade? Is the, yes, but can I ask one question yeah. first? Is the one where he's the goth rocker in this decade? This must be the place. I, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, yeah, okay. I like that movie. I have not seen that movie. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay, so 2008 is the last time we really get the hit from Sean Penn in Milk. Right, and I would say that Tree of Life also culturally makes an impact. It is nominated for Oscars. And so Champagne is around and making an impact. Next. 2010, Fair Game. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh-huh. 2011, Tree of Life. 2011, This Must Be the Place. 2013, Gangster Squad. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Gangster Squad is a movie that was released, I think, nearly a year and a half after it was filmed because it is bad. I thought there was also, like, controversy with it. Um, oh, the 2012 Aurora. Oh, well... Never mind, that's not... Yeah. Association with the 2012 Aurora shooting. It was just put... So what it was is it was supposed to be released in the fall of 2011. Okay. And then... Um, so it had been filmed a year and a half before that. Okay. And then it was supposed to be released in the fall of 2011, but due to the Aurora shooting with Dark Knight Rises, and that is a movie that very heavily promotes guns and gangsters and gun violence... Um, they chose to push it to the winter, um, where, cause they knew they weren't going to get Oscars out of it, which was their original intent. Um, and so they chose to just move it and kind of have less people see it. Not those are choices. Yes. The Secret Life of Walter, Walter Mitty. Oh, he's in that. Okay, great. Uh-huh. The Gunman. Yeah. Now here's the important one. Here's where I was like, this is what Sean Penn has done this <laughs> Okay, alright. The Angry Birds movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> and the, in 2016. 2019, The Professor and the Madman. So he's really stopped. I mean, he's done a few things, but like... Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't need to work anymore. I, I don't think so. How old is Sean Penn? Old enough to be your father. Uh, yes. True story. 59. Okay. So he's not he's not that old, but... Whoa, he was married to Madonna? Yes. Whoa, he was married to Robin Wright? Robin Wright Penn, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Sorry, Robin Wright wasn't uh, on my radar till... Wonder Woman? <laughs> uh, the Congress. Oh, okay. Great. So I don't know if she was still... I don't know if she was still Robin Wright Penn then. I... Don't think so, because at least as of Moneyball, which is 2011, also uh, she was just Robin Wright. So I would depend on when the Congress was released. 2013. Oh, there you go. Wow. All right. Um. So with that, Sean Penn is kind of maybe at the tail end of his. I don't know major cultural relevance. Mm-hmm. Malik himself also has a really interesting decade. Um, interesting, yeah. So, Baby times. <laughs> I, I mean, I was using the word interesting to be um, nice. nice. because and I was it, using it to be real. <laughs> because honestly, we start with Tree of Life, then we go Into the Wonder, then Knight of Cups, 
something called Voyage of Time, which I have never even heard of. Sounds like a real whisper whisper. <laughs> song to song. Ugh. Actually, that's better. That, that's better than Knight of Cups. Um, and then uh, finally this year he has a hidden life that's releasing, and that's finally getting looks palpable. <laughs> Palatable. Yeah. Yeah. No palpable. Oh, okay, great. Like Palpatine. <laughs> like Palpatine. <laughs> Okay, um, so, he was somebody who I think really consistently made interest, uh, made- Choices? In, made choices, um, previous to this decade that were, ex- that were art house accepted and somewhat were on the fringes of mainstream in the awards ceremony. The start of this decade, he has Tree of Life, which is by some considered to be one of the great existential films of all time. And then he falls off off the rails until he comes back with a hidden life. And I think that... Uh, Song to Song was pretty enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see any of the previous ones get a wide stream. Between Tree of Life and Hidden Life... I didn't see anything get a nationwide theatrical release. I know they all got limited releases. Mm-hmm. Um, like Knight of Cups might have been the other one that was somewhat in theaters, but the other ones I didn't even see that much in theaters. Yeah. Um, maybe I should rephrase my statement. Song to Song was critically right liked. There you go. Um, Night of Cups I don't think was I saw Night of Cups in theater yeah. It was in the uh, Independent theater But we got it Yeah Um. Okay so I, He has just a decade of Being lost in, lost in the woods In his own mind I don't know if Tree of Life did him any favors Because I think everyone told him he was a genius And then he Not like he got a big ego But he was like yes this is the type of film that I will make from now on. I don't know if that was good for him or not. Did we answer the question of why do we think Tree of Life is on the list? Yeah, it's artsy. I mean, I would, I would, I would. <laughs> That's my response from somebody who doesn't like the movie. <laughs> yeah, people liked it. It was artsy. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, great. That's not the best defense of this movie. Oh, I'm sorry. What's a better one? I don't know. I don't like this movie. Exactly, Josh. You do. I know, because it's a great movie. <laughs> Some... <laughs> I can't give your opinion. You know, Josh, sometimes things are just emotionally resonant with people because, you know... Our relationships with everyone around us is complicated, and, like, we're just trying our best to make it through this world, and everything's awful and terrible, but we don't give up. We gotta just keep going with it. And, you know, sometimes you don't escape when you're in film. Sometimes you're at an all-time maximum high anxiety because everything is awful. Uncut gems? (sighs) Tree of life. (laughs) There you go. I think, yeah. <laughs> I would say that that's, that is a universal experience, at, at nonetheless. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Did I answer your question? I think you answered it for you, and that was good. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Um, any final thoughts on 2011's yeah, Tree of Life? The Tree of Life. Yeah, and, um... Oh, yeah, our game. Yeah, it was, uh... It's nominated for three. Picture? Okay. Who okay. beat it? 2011's best picture... <laughs> Your eyes this way. ...is... Okay, so it is... Not the King's Speech, because that won the year before. 2011's Best Picture is The Artist. Yes. Bing! Ugh. Oh, yeah. Where's where's that movie on our 2010s list? It's not here, friends. Okay, what are the other two that it's nominated for? Um, Malik? Yes. Okay. Best Director in 2011. Is this... Is this one of Ang Lee's? Is this Life of Pi? No. Okay. Okay. Um, so the artist... It's not... That is not the artist guy, is it? Is it the artist guy? Did he do both sweep in? I don't know what his name is. M Michael something or other? Yeah. Mitchell has okay, great. <laughs> My brain was like Michelle Hanika. And I was like, that's not the right person. But like, it's got an M and an H, right? Great. So the guy for the artist. Bing! <laughs> and then the other one, is it, it's not acting, is it? No. Okay. There's no actors in um, this. I, is it editing? Um, I actually just looked at it. It is not in Cinematography. Cinematography. Okay. Give me the other nominees. And I'll I see would like I you guess. to tell me the other nominees. <laughs> for cinematography for 2011? Yes. Oh, God. I can, I can give you, I can give you. The Artist. That's one of them. Okay. Um, Moneyball? No. Um, listen. Uh, would you like some hints? Yes. Okay, an alphabetical order. Okay. Um, this is a film by a director who I struggle real hard to get on board with. Constantly. Wes Anderson, this... Oh, I can get on board with one of them. <laughs> well, okay, but that, that does fit your clue. <laughs> You're right. Um, you like this director, but you don't stand him. Who do I not stand? Okay. I like, but I don't stand. You don't like. No. Um, I think I like. I like. I like one of his films. I think another one is Trash Fun. I can't get past the first scene of one because it's gross, and I can't get past the first scene of another one because it's boring. <laughs> Finch? David Fincher. <laughs> this, oh, 2011 Fincher. I think it's Fincher. You know, I did not actually look at this movie. I'm going off of memory. Is it, oh, what's 2011? Is it Benjamin Button? No. Is it Zodiac? No. That's 2004. Okay. <laughs> or 5 or 6. Uh, what the heck was Fincher doing in 2011? He was remaking a film from Sweden. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. Okay. Bing! That is Fincher, yes. All right, next one. Okay. This is a guy who I talked a lot of smack about recently. Um, not on podcast, but to you and how he doesn't like women, supposedly, based on his films. Um, the internet, like, hates him because he made a very neutral uh, statement about 
Marvel films. Martin Scorsese. Okay. Okay, so Scorsese's 2011 is Hugo. Me. <laughs> then Tree of Life. And Tree of Life. All right, now this last one. You know, it has one interesting shot where we look through the uh, the reflection of a eye, a horse's eye. This is War Horse. <laughs> this is War Horse. <laughs> this is <laughs> War Horse. Okay, so Tree of Life doesn't win. No. I'm gonna say the artist doesn't win either. No. Okay. So I'm down to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, War Horse, and, and Hugo. What a what a trio of films, everybody. Hugo? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, there you go. Hugo does look good. I like Hugo. There it is, right there. Yeah. Okay. He hires good cinematographers because his film Silence was also nominated for that. He, I mean, he also has a really good visual style. Like, I... Like, His, he hires good cinematographers. I wonder if it's the same guy. The cinematographer in this film is... Richard, it's Richard, it's Robert Richardson. Huh. It's Robert Richardson. He will probably be nominated for a... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. And Hugo, and Venom 2. Venom too. Yes, of course. Venom also. They're just gonna get come back, get it from last year. Alright, friends, that has been our episode on the Tree of Life. If you want to Wow, he's a real bro too. He hangs out with Scorsese and uh Quentin Tarantino all the time. Fair. With oh a few Errol Morrises. Oh sorry. Uh there there was my game as well, and I think that my game I can still do this. What's your game? Uh, I ask you, how many Oscar Oscar winners are in this movie? Zero. Oh, there's Incorrect. one. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Yeah. Because Ch Chastain doesn't have one. Brad doesn't have one. Ty Sheridan doesn't have one. Whoa, Ty Sheridan has three. Hunter McEcklerston or something. Kraken. Kraken. McCracken. <laughs> doesn't have one. Unleash McCracken. Great, perfect. Sean Penn for Milk and maybe Mr. Cribber. Those are correct. There you go. All right. Maybe Sean Penn's my guy. He's in a bunch of boring films. <laughs> I haven't seen Milk. I'm not calling Milk boring. I'm calling Mr. Cribber boring. <laughs> I like Milk. It's actually, it's it's a very good movie. I thought you were about to, like, support Mr. Cribber. <laughs> no. It's a boring film. I don't know if I'm on board with Clint Eastwood's attempt at a noir film. All right. Friends, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? Why would you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If it's a five-star review or any star review, so let's hit that subscribe button. Dinosaur. <laughs> oh, yeah, a dinosaur movie I don't like. There you go. We did it, everybody. You said it wasn't a dinosaur movie. It's not. It's really not. Yeah, so you can't. <laughs> Great, perfect. There we go. I still like dinosaur movies. All right. Um... You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast and on Twitter at DWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Touch together. Tumblr. Touch together. Letterboxd. Garmin, and Kylie Gallagher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. I've been Kylie. Quack, 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 quack.